0: The babble Room, the podcast where we babble on about things that fascinate us and hopefully fascinate you too.
1: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Babble Room. My name is Amelie and I'm joined by Megan.
0: Hi everyone.
1: And today I'm gonna to be talking about Arthur Miller Death of a Salesman. Ooh, I think yes. I know this. Yeah, so what do you know about the play? Do you know anything about that play?
0: Uh the name is familiar. I don't yeah. know why. <laughs> I feel like this is something I had to read in high school. Don't really remember. I think Arthur Miller used to be married to Marilyn Monroe. That would be the one mm-hmm. fact I know. It sure was. One of her, oh, there you go. One of her many husbands. Other mm-hmm. than that, I feel like it's one of those like traditional American, not traditional, one of those iconic American plays that you kind of know about, but you don't.
1: So. It, it is. It is. Um it's yeah. It's a a classic. It's a classic American
0: play. There you go. So to reiterate, I know absolutely nothing about this.
1: Mm -hmm. That's okay. This is why we are here on this podcast to learn stuff from each other as usual and to maybe teach you guys stuff as well.
0: I know I'm going to be learning today.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right. So let's start off with a brief introduction of Miller's life. Um, Well, I say brief. I'll I'll try to make it quick but there's a lot of, like, there's a lot going
0: on in his life.
1: Arthur Asher Miller was born on October 17, 1915 in Arlen in New York City. In
0: 1915. He must have had an interesting childhood.
1: Probably. Published an account of his early years under the title, A Boy Grew in Brooklyn. So he's the second of three children of, excuse my pronunciation, Augusta Barnett and Isidore Miller. I think it's pronounced that way.
0: If not, somebody will tell us.
1: Oh, okay. I was waiting for you to maybe correct me on that one. But it's, wait. <laughs> so
0: it's Augustus and Isadora. August. Augustus. August, 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 Augusta. Augusta, uh, yeah. Augusta and Isidore, I think. Isidore. Is- 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 is okay. Isidore. Isidore. Isidore, you adore. I'm adore. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my God.
1: Okay. So <laughs> Miller was Jewish, is Jewish descent. His father was born in, excuse my pronunciation again, Radom, Radomisli, Wilkie, in Galicia.
0: You're saying that as though I could help you with the pronunciation. I have no idea. I know. Idea.
1: I know. I'm so sorry. Anyway, it's a part of like Austria and Hungary, Austria and Hungary, which is now Poland.
0: Okay. Still okay. don't know how to pronounce it, but now I know where it is.
1: Okay. And his mother was a native of uh, New York whose parents also arrived from that town. So she is from New York. So she's
0: she's a first generation and he's like fresh off the boat. Yeah. Okay.
1: So his dad owned a woman clothing manufacturing business. Hmm. uh, And he was employing about like 400 people. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he became very wealthy and respected in the community. However... In the Wall Street crash of 1929. Oh, family- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think. knew that was coming.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so good.
1: Their family lost almost everything. So they moved to Graveson in Brooklyn. Okay. When he was a teenager, Miller delivered bread every morning before school to help their his family financially mm-hmm. because they were really poor. And after graduating in 1932...
0: So he was born in 1915, but he graduated in 1932. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. He was 18. Yeah. I, I can't do math. Okay. <laughs> I was fine. just like, I feel like that's old. No, no, not it's a, fine. No, that's fine. He was 17. I can't. See, I can't even do math when I'm trying to do math.
1: You know what? It's okay. It's it's not a are, math Actually, podcast. we're recording this a Friday night, so we're both tired, guys. But, like, we're going to go through <laughs> this. I swear. I'm so sorry.
0: Things are just going downhill from here.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, so, well. As I said, after graduating in 1932, he worked several jobs as a job to pay for his college tuition at the University of Michigan. So after graduation from university in 1936, 36 work- or
0: 32? No, 30. Oh, 30- okay, <laughs> high school and 32
1: okay, Yes, girl, keep it together. <laughs> high school 32 and. University
0: 36. That makes sense. That makes sense.
1: So after graduating from university in 1936, Mm -hmm. he began to work as a psychiatric aide and also as a copywriter before accepting faculty posts at New York University and University of New Hampshire.
0: Those are very, very different jobs to have.
1: Well, I think he was exploring, you know, as we all do at that age.
0: Fair. fair so
1: on may 1st 1935 that's a year before graduating just so thank you thank you for helping me with
0: my math i appreciate it you are very welcome
1: miller joined the league of american writers so he wasn't like into like it was involved into the league from 1935
0: to 1943 just just as an fyi yeah as a as a history major and as a history person I can guarantee you that I will not remember these dates. (laughs) That's (laughs) fine. I try. I try. I have a very shitty memory.
1: I mean, I have it with me in front of me. So that's why I like, I can say it and stuff. But like who, honestly, who
0: remember dates? I mean, I remember the big ones. Like I remember the crash in 29, but yeah, that one, but I couldn't remember when he graduated high school. So,
1: (laughs) okay. Well, dates are not my thing. At the University of Michigan, he majored in journalism.
0: So is this before or after he graduated? Did he go to the University of New York or did he go to to, Michigan?
1: To make it clear, he graduated from University of Michigan, but he accepted jobs at the New York University, pardon me, and University of New Hampshire as well.
0: Okay, so he grew up in Brooklyn, graduated high school in Brooklyn, but then went to the University of Michigan. Okay. Now it makes sense. Okay.
1: So at the University of Michigan, Mm -hmm. he first majored in journalism and worked for the student newspaper, which was called, I don't know if it's still called the same thing, but it was called the Michigan Daily.
0: I don't know. As well
1: as a satirical magazine as well that was called Gargoyle Humor Magazine. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. It was during that time that he first wrote the very, very first play called No Villain.
0: Can't say I know that one.
1: He then switched his major to English and he actually won an award for that play that he wrote. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, which is called the Avery Upwood Award. And um, well, you know, so I guess that he was really happy with, you know, with that prize and it led him to consider a career as a playwright.
0: Well, that's exciting.
1: Yeah. After all that award thing, he enrolled into a playwriting seminar taught by the influential professor Kenneth Rowe. So he instructed him in his early forays into playwriting.
0: And who is this Kenneth Rowe person? Just like a random professor or like somebody that I should know about?
1: (laughs) I have no fucking search into it. Okay. It's a it's a note. Mental note. I don't know. It's a like it's a playwright. It's a playwright. I don't know. I don't know. This
0: is your domain.
1: So Rowe really emphasized like how a play should be built in order to achieve its intended effect, mm-hmm. or what Miller like once called that. That's really like it was really Miller owned to say like the dynamics, the dynamics, sorry, of play construction.
0: Okay. See, I don't know what a play construction is. So you can tell me, you can tell me utter bullshit and I will believe you. So I'll be like, okay, that makes sense. That's fine. Sure. (laughs) Plays are weird. Sometimes they're really fucked up. So sure. I believe you.
1: (laughs) So yeah, the professor provided like really um, realistic feedback about like how a play should be written and everything. And it was really beneficial for Miller to learn from that mentor. Also, like he really developed like a really strong friendship with the professor. So in 1940, Miller married Marilyn Monroe? Absolutely not. He married Mary Grace Slatery. Oh, that's and a fun had... name. Yeah. The couple had two children. Interesting thing, Miller was exempted from military service during World War II because he had a, f- a high school football injury. Huh. He his left kneecap. So yeah yeah huh. good thing because he could write stuff i guess right
0: gee it's a good thing he got hurt in the high school football which by the way he graduated from in 1932 um <laughs> i'm glad you remember <laughs> because he couldn't get drafted into the into the war okay exactly good to know
1: all right so as some of you may know mm-hmm. miller was married to marilyn monroe that is the only thing i know about him right Hindernot in Westchester County in New York in 1956. And actually, um, Miller left his first wife, Mary Slatery, for oh, Marilyn Monroe.
0: That's not that's that's not that's, very nice. Yeah, that's a bit sad.
1: Yeah. Um, and yes, yeah, so basically what happened between them is they had a brief affair mm-hmm. and they remained in contact ever since. So it led them to fall in love. And to Miller divorcing his first wife. Uh, so yeah, 1944, Miller's first play was produced, and it was called "The Man Who Had All the Luck." And it guess what?
0: He didn't have any
1: luck. <laughs> actually, he had luck because yeah. he won the Theatre Guild's National Award for it.
0: Yo, that's pretty good for your first produced play. Yeah, to lie, that is actually really that's beautiful. pretty impressive. And it in did. wartime too, mm-hmm. people just wanted a distraction. However, oh, the no. play
1: closed after yeah, the play closed after four performances because it had disastrous reviews.
0: Okay, so it won an award after. Okay, sorry, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. Yeah, so sure. it was his first produced play. Yeah, and it won an award, but it mm-hmm. only lasted four performances. So I'm assuming four days. Yeah, apparently. But how do you how do you go from winning an award to having your play canceled in 4 days? Well, you
1: know, I think like the um, reviewers are not the <laughs> same people who decides like who is worthy of like of an award or not. So I'm guessing that journalists were like really frustrated about that play or whatever.
0: I feel like it would be like the modern equivalent of Going on Rotten Tomatoes and finding a movie that has a really shitty score, mm-hmm. but then it being like a cold classic. I mean, that happened. I obviously don't have an example. I am movie not going to
1: drop names, but, but that
0: happened. <laughs> well, that's, I feel like that's the modern equivalent of that.
1: So again, uh, 1947, another play called All My Sons was an absolute success this time on Broadway. Ooh. Earning a is first. Tony Award for Best Author.
0: I didn't know he had a Tony.
1: Yeah, you won a Tony for All My Sons. and Well, I
0: also didn't know All My Sons at all, so I'm (laughs) learning things.
1: It's also a classic, which I am so sorry I didn't read yet, but I will get into it.
0: Honestly, if you saw how long my TBR was, you went, like, no, you're fine. You're fine. (laughs)
1: Okay. Uh, So, yeah. Winning that award for that play and everything on Broadway, producing on Broadway, and so winning the Tony Award for all my sons. Honestly, his reputation as a playwright was completely established by now. So, 1948, Mm -hmm. Miller built a small studio in Roxbury, Connecticut, and in less than a day, he wrote Act One of *Death of a Salesman*. In In less Less than than a day. yes hi, hi, hi. he was inspired within six weeks he completed the rest of the play which was which is actually really quick when you think about it
0: how long is the play um it
1: is it's it's actually quick to read but like it's not ugh, i don't
0: know No, but like how like performed you know how long it would be oh
1: probably like at least an hour and a half to two okay. hours Cause I was
0: like, is it like a three-hour play? Is it like an opera that lasts four hours? No, no, no,
1: no, no, no. I'm I'm actually more uh, leaning towards like two hours. Okay. If if any of you guys know exactly how how long is that play, let us know. Comments or suggestion or please like (laughs) and subscribe. Yeah. No hate. (laughs) No hate. Just love.
0: But like if you have somebody somebody's gonna know somebody's gonna like a
1: connoisseur or something okay uh like I said so he completed the play really really quick Mm -hmm. and it and it's one of the classic of world theater that play was translated in many languages don't ask me how much (laughs) because I don't I read it but I don't remember but it's it's known worldwide so
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the the play the play
0: <laughs> the play are we get i'm excited to know what this play is about because i remember no, that yes. i know about it but i don't know what it's about
1: so death of a salesman premiered on broadway on february 10 1949 at the morosco theater
0: i have anyway, a question. Direct, yes sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no that's okay um in my very limited uh theater knowledge and please mm-hmm. don't come at me but um broadway to me is musicals is this a musical or is it a play no, it's a play. Okay.
1: Okay. There, and
0: it's not it's not it's not all musicals. No, I mean you're hundred <laughs> percent right. I just don't know
1: enough about <laughs> broad- Broadway. There are a lot of theaters in New York. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know, but like the In the Broadway area, but
1: like not not And also nineteen forty okay, like I would live like a total idiot right now, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure like how the musical scene really was in 1949 I should get it you know what I will search it guys guys I will don't search come at us. I will search yeah don't come at us please I will because
0: no, I mean there was music halls there was uh well Radio City Music Hall and there yeah. was like Studio 54 and all that I just to me Broadway is like I don't know like The Lion King, Mamma Mia, Hamilton like to me they're all musical so mm, I that's I just wanted to make sure yeah. yes yes I know
1: but um yeah like we said don't don't come at us we are not professionals but i will, <laughs> Listen, I will I'm absolutely not... i will like 100% look into it and give you more knowledge on it uh, on my next episode okay so as we know the play was commercially successful mm-hmm. and it was i think the word you're looking for is critically acclaimed yeah this is the word i was looking for thank you megan <laughs> and guess what what he also won a Tony Award for Best Author,
0: so he's got two Tonys now.
1: Yeah, and he wait, has wait, an award. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait for it. There is mm-hmm. more. Okay, he also had the New York Drama Circle Critics Award for it.
0: So he went from having a place shut down in four days because the critics were bad to getting an award from the critics. That's pretty good growth. Yeah, it is.
1: And guess what? We won another another oh my award God. for it okay do you want to guess do you want to guess what award he won? um you know,
0: uh, like, you know that one I know EGOT is it a Grammy an Oscar no, no. another Tony no. or an Emmy no he won the
1: Pulitzer Prize for drama oh God, I do
0: know that one
1: <laughs> yeah that's what I said I, I was like you know it you know it
0: whoops I was focused entertainment
1: So, yeah, so I was the first play to win all three major awards. So that is very impressive. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And the play was performed uh, 742 times. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Just a quick thing that I want to mention. I have a lot of information, so I'm trying to go, like, really quick um, about it. But that's really cool. It's that Miller exchanged several letters with Eugene O'Neill, who is considered one of the greatest playwrights in America.
0: Do you know him? I have, have you never heard of, heard of Eugene O'Neill. Does oh, he he's... write under a pen name?
1: No, no. Under
0: Eugene oh. O'Neill. Would I know any of his plays? Uh,
1: Maybe. Four plays.
0: I know that play, but not in that way. <laughs> no, but like four plays by Eugene O'Neill. And...
1: Uh, <laughs> That sounds so bad. <laughs> to get back to it, he wrote uh, Long Days. That's one of the really popular ones. It's Long Days, Journeys, and Two Nights. Don't know it. Okay. The Iceman Cometh. Nope. Desire on Dirty Elms. Nope. Beyond the Horizon. Nope. Okay. Well, anyway, they exchanged letters, and Miller really wanted uh o'neill to be to be there for one of the representation of Mm -hmm. that of a salesman and uh eugene politely declined because he was yeah no but like he declined because he explained that is parkinson's disease oh yeah made it really difficult to travel so yeah you
0: just you made a sad story statter I know, but
1: that's just, like, a, a small part of it. I'm sorry. It's Oh, it's uh, actually, I'm really sorry. It's going to get, even, like, even sadder, but the play stuff, it's not funny, okay? It's a tragedy, but I'm not going to give, like, every details about his life because there is so, so much to say, guys, but you can look up our show notes on the website, and I'm going to put links on as well, so if you want to research more into it, or go on the website and look it up.
0: And if you do want to read any of his plays, we'll put links uh, to where you can purchase them. If they're available on the Gutenberg Project, we will also link that on our show notes on our website at com. Exactly.
1: So Miller died on the evening of February 10th, uh, 2005.
0: So 2005, that's pretty recent. So like he was alive when we were kids. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. Because when you think of somebody who's born in 1915, it's like, it's so, such a long time ago. But he exactly. is in living memory.
1: Yeah, exactly. Wow. And yeah, he was, he was 89 and um, died of bladder cancer and heart failure. Aww. Yeah. Okay, so let's get to the play now.
0: Well, I'm excited to get to the part where you remind me what I have forgotten about the play.
1: Yeah, pretty much everything, right?
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah forgot pretty much everything.
1: Death of a Salesman is a two act tragedy set in the 1940s in New York through a montage of memories, dreams, and arguments of the protagonist, Willie Loman, who is the
0: cellman. Okay, wait, wait, wait. What's his name? Willie Loman, William Loman. Okay, I thought L- you said, I thought you said Wheelie, really, like as in a wheel, and I was like, that's an interesting name.
1: No, like, really, as in William.
0: Loma. As in a nickname for William. Okay. Yeah. Got it.
1: And he's and he's a traveling salesman who is really disappointed with his life. Mm-hmm. And, like, through the whole play, he appears to be, like, sliding into senility. So the play contains a lot of themes. Uh, which is, like, the the main one, well, I mean, according to me, I think that, like, the more obvious one is the American dreams, you know the like the the if you work hard be,
0: like, you can really do successful anything. yeah exactly,
1: and like oh, but like when I'm gonna have more money, I'm gonna be more happy and when I'm gonna be more popular i'm gonna be mm-hmm. I'm gonna be more happy because like everyone's gonna see me as this really like successful salesman
0: mm-hmm. and stuff, so quintessential americana
1: yeah, um also the. The, the play contains the theme of the anatomy of truth and betrayal. It explores the psychological chaos of Willie Loman. So they have adapted the play to um, the cinema as well. They did a 1951 version of, of the play, actually. Uh, Any chance
0: Marilyn Monroe in it? N-
1: no. <laughs> no, she wasn't. Surprisingly, they were maybe not together anymore.
0: Well, no. This was before they got. Didn't they get married in 1956? This is 1951.
1: Then forget what I said. I don't remember. Listen. Dates.
0: You said dates were important. Sad. I'm remembering <laughs> my dates. Listen. Listen.
1: <laughs> so to go very quick on on the characters, mm-hmm. you have the protagonist William Loman, who is called Willie Loman most of the time in the play. Who is a traveling salesman? He is 63 years old. And he's very unstable and secure and full of self-doubt. And um, yeah, like I said before, he's very disappointed with his life. And something very interesting about him is like the more you go through the play, the more he seems to degrade and age. So okay. yeah, so like the way he talks, the way he exp- the way he expresses himself, he sounds like he really sounds more and more like a child. Mm-hmm. Um going further into play so yeah is he benjamin buttoning i don't know i don't know it's just i think it's mental senility to be honest Mm -hmm. which is like quite young because he's like technically 63 but you know it can start at i don't know any age yeah probably Mm -hmm. um also his first name willie reflects the childlike aspect of it as well Mm -hmm. you know because it's like willie Mm -hmm. but also like Something that 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 was mentioned when I when I was reading about it is like, will he? You know that is so smart. Yeah, and his last name is Loman, which like when you um separate like the two mm-hmm. syllables, syllables. Yeah, thank you. Uh, makes it low men. Ouch! Because he like he really thinks poorly of himself is really disappointed with his life and he's just like really de- de- like depressed like i said because he he wants to live the american dream and everything so so, so yeah and then you have um his wife linda Lumen. linda yeah she's uh she's very loving and loyal and she's um supportive of him the, like as much as she can be but like is she, like,
0: the stereotypical 1950s housewife?
1: Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And then they have uh, three sons. That's a lot of boys. So they have um, Biff Loman.
0: <laughs> I love that, Biff. Biff. That's what, that
1: that yeah, that's what they that's bath- call it. boom. Biff. And he's uh, their eldest son. Mm-hmm. He's a, like, you know, he's this really, like, athletic teenager. Oh, he's like a jock. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. A really stereotypical, like, teenager playing football and...
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and pretty stereotypical American family so far. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: But uh, Yeah, so he has problems, like, he has problems at school, as in he, he's not good with math, Mm-hmm. and he's failing basically his his classes and mm-hmm. uh, so yeah so he kind of like dropped out of summer school and everything so you know like it's
0: the classic the, the jock that is not academically inclined
1: yeah but like willie is so proud of him just because like he looks great you know mm-hmm. so i'm just gonna say that real quick but like later on willie keeps comparing his sons to adonis's He's just like, oh my god, they're they're built like Adonises and like oh my god, they like they look great and but so it's they look much like,
0: more on the physical than on the mental.
1: Yeah, but it's really like Greek related, you know, like that Greek related thing to like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like they look so like they look they're like godlike looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yeah, he's really like proud of that for some reason because it's only like physical, it's only material, it's not
0: That's one way to give your kid daddy issues. Yeah,
1: and then you have Harold Loman, which is called Happy (laughs) in the play. That's so cute. Yeah, and he's a Biff and and Happy. Biff and Happy. Yeah, and he's the younger son. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's well, you know, classically, obviously, living is it in the shadow of his brother Biff.
0: So is he the second born or the third born? Uh, He's the third born. Yeah. Okay. What about the one in the middle?
1: technically they talk like way more about like these two have more um Dyla. interactions yeah in the play so, but like the third one is charlie so classic middle child he got forgotten wait wait oh no i fucked up they have two sons <laughs> oops i fucked up they only have two sons sorry i read that wrong okay so yeah like i said um happy's He's good in school, but he's not, you know, he's not uh, as much in shape and as much as sports as Biff is and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. And the way that I messed up is because I saw Charlie, but Charlie is the neighbor's son.
0: Ah, so the adopted son. He spends all of his time in his neighbor's house. Yeah. Hanging out with the neighborhood boys.
1: <laughs> Wait, I fucked up again. <laughs> Charlie is the dad. (laughs) Bernard is the son of Charlie. And so like other characters you have in the play, you have Bernard and you have his son, Charlie. And then you have Uncle Ben, who's like quite important because Uncle Ben is Willie's older brother. And he is the perfect image of a successful American because like when he was younger, he went into the jungle and explored the jungle. The, the jungle. Struggle. <laughs> so Do you have something
0: <laughs> on your mind? Yeah the the gradient.
1: <laughs> and he explored the jungle, and there's also like one of the quote when he says like Yeah, I entered the jungle when I was 17, and like I got out of it when I was 21, and like yeah. So this seems Uncle like an ben interesting is, metaphor. Like, yeah he's all about adventure and like the you know the dream life of like, okay, he's not living the routine mm-hmm. at all. He's just traveling and stuff. So, yes, all right. So Miller really created his own version of a traditional tragedy by including exp- aspect, like I said before, as into like comparing characters to Greek icons
0: mm-hmm.
1: like willie uh, when he when he talk about his sons, like I said, that they are built like Adonises. Basically the play talk about like Willie Loman with who was this, like a common salesman who was image driven and mm-hmm. appearance was everything to him. Mm-hmm. He noted like how, because he was a salesman, appearance was leading was a leading factor in sales. So Willie felt his sons were destined to have a great success be- because they were like really good looking physically. Mm
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Do we have a physical description of Willie? Like, does he describe himself as good-looking as well, or is there no physical description? Uh, n- not
1: really. I think, like, he he's pretty much average.
0: So he's kind of designed to, like, represent the average American man so anybody can see themselves as him?
1: Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It's really interesting as well because, like, when you read into it, um, the neighbors perceive Like they they really perceive him as like average as well.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: He's like, oh, you know, he's like this, he's just like, he's just a salesman. He's just Mm -hmm. like, oh, he's just, he's this regular like person and blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. So yeah.
0: Oh, well, that can be, you can start a whole dialogue about self perspective versus outside perspective.
1: Mm -hmm. So yeah, the equalization to higher beings. Uh, Tied into one of the traditional aspects of the Mm -hmm. tragedy. In typical Greek tragedies, the stories were more focused on royal beings being like Oedipus complex. As in, like, Miller really wanted to show that the common men and those with status were more equal than people usually thought. Mm Mm-hmm. They had the same mental processes and emotions to similar situations. Like we know, I mean, you studied history and I, I did as well because of you, actually, in university. But, you know. She said mankind, that you're taking one history class. No, I, you know what? I took like more. I could have had a minor in history, but I didn't. The amount of I, drama
0: classes I took with you is the same amount of, drama, of history classes you took with me. So too.
1: I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm pretty sure it's
0: not. We took an archaeology class together.
1: Oh, but yeah, but I took like other history classes. Yeah, but they weren't with me. So they don't count.
0: That was your own choice.
1: All right. You are right. (laughs) You are correct. Fine. (laughs) As I said, as we know, because, well, I mean, we studied a bit of history. Uh, Mankind cherishes tragedies, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So Miller felt like he should create a tragedy that resonates with the audiences to allow them to feel pity for an average character that they can identify to.
0: So, I mean, he clearly succeeded. He won, what, three awards for this, including yeah. a Pulitzer? Mm-hmm. And this definitely still resonates. And we still read it in high school. And even then, like, being uh, both of us going to a French high school in Canada, we both read it in our English classes so it transcends boundaries and languages yeah
1: so now that we talked about it maybe you'll remember
0: it I mean maybe probably this was way more interesting than whatever I was taught in high school um but no it's kind of it's kind of fascinating to see how the plight of man has not changed throughout various decades or various historical events it's just it's always going to be the same wheel you're always going to try and achieve more and you're always going to try exactly still relevant to today right especially in this uh pandemic context
1: yes people are eager to work and to be like on the like how can i say that on the the, like go 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 mode like super fast super quick but like honestly i thought like i thought the pandemic would would have taught something
0: (laughs) no no, no don't. gay capitalism exactly I just have Burnham's song in my head
1: oh no i love that song so if you guys like this podcast you can follow us on instagram and on facebook as well at the babble room uh also on patreon the babble room as well and on our website at megan <laughs>
0: You can check out our website at babbleroom.wix.com. That's where you'll find our show notes. You'll find some quotes from the play that we've talked about today. You'll find more information about Arthur Miller, his life, his publications, as well as some interesting pictures that we'll put up there.
1: Also, I will put up the link to his foundation because he has a foundation related to theater. So I'll put up the link to that as well.